Carvel. Carvel! Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pig. Mima was a pop star. This is Mima's last performance with Cham. Who desired to become an actress. I really hope that I can entertain you just the same as an actress. But sometimes, aspirations can be deadly. I'm always watching Mima's room! In the world of make-believe. This is when Mima proves herself. The price of fame. Don't worry, Mima, it'll be all right. May not be worth the cost of identity. Where did this come from? How do they know so much? Innocence is lost. Dreams become nightmares. And privacy no longer exists. Where everything you do can be seen by everyone. And those you trust are really those you should fear. Your life no longer belongs to you. Excuse me. Manga Entertainment presents Satoshi Khan's animated psychological thriller. Perfect Blue. Excuse me, who are you? Excuse me, who are you? Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Holes Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight are two of my fellow pop stars. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. My weakness is milk. <laughs> hey, it's Mike. And what is going on? <laughs> That's, that was me 18 years ago. I'm, I've had time to process and deal with it. On this episode, we will be discussing the anime film Perfect Blue. This film premiered August 5th, 1997 at the Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal, Canada, and had its general release in Japan on February 28th, 1998. The IMDb synopsis simply states, A retired pop singer-turned-actress's sense of reality is shaken when she is stalked by an obsessed fan and seemingly a ghost of her past. So I'm just going to go and jump into this like mike have you seen this film before or was this your first time watching it no like i have not seen this before and i think i joked to you guys (laughs) like when you first asked us like you know to watch it like i had never even heard of it so like i heard perfect blue and i i immediately thought of uh blue submarine number six (laughs) again like i I just assumed it was that because i heard blue and i was like oh man this is that boring submarine (laughs) like 
You watch your mouth. Exactly. See, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like, and I, you, you like that too. I know, but I was just kind of like, oh man, like that was on, was, that was on Toonami, yes, wasn't yes. it? Like, and like a week, and then yeah. Just, just so, and, like, just so the listeners know, it. I'm on Team Mike. <laughs> I remember watching it, and I was like, "Oh man, this is like I didn't even finish it. I think I watched the. It's only like four or five episodes, I think, in it. Like I only watched the first two, and I was like, "Oh man, this is boring. Like forget it. Like so that that's what I thought you were asking us to watch, but this is this is actually quite different. Unfortunately, you heard it here first, folks. There will be no Big in Japan <laughs> Blue Sub Six episodes unless I can convince some other chunk to record it with me. <laughs> what about you derek like you you've seen this i before, have right? seen this before i i saw uh, this back in 2000 probably i i you know not because this this like i know you said it premiered in 1997 but that was uh japan right so so i think over here it came out in maybe like 1999, and then I think it was probably uh-huh. on DVD by 2000 or something like that. And and this is this is going to be me doing my you know remember Derek's old war stories thing. You know tell 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 Grimlock about Petro Ravage again. I'm like I'm going to tell you about Laser Blazer again because Laser Blazer was this super obscure. Well, it, it wasn't obscure if you lived in Los Angeles, but it was you know in the Westwood area. You you'd go there. Laser Blazer originally it was a, a bunch of laser discs like that's how old the store was right so people would go and get all these rare obscure laser discs to rent movies and watch them and all this other stuff and it was one of i don't know it was one of like two or three like really uh, i don't know sort of well-known rental places like if you wanted to get obscure films or something off the beaten path you know not you know basically stuff that blockbuster wasn't going to carry like that's basically what it was and Eventually, they graduated like to the point where they had it was kind of like a hybrid store where they had laser discs and DVDs basically. And so at that point, I remember getting you know a uh, rental account there, and you know you'd go there and watch like Criterion editions of Kurosawa movies. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about where they had these these kind of movies that you couldn't just you know stroll into blockbuster and be like yeah give me that seven samurai i want to watch the criterion edition of ran and the blockbuster people would be like i don't know what that is and so you had to go to these places to watch that kind of stuff and one of the films that i rented from laser blazer was perfect blue because we had I, I think we had heard about it like this was kind of on the cusp of like you know i i had been watching DBZ on the reg on Cartoon Network. I was, you know, I told you the stories about we would go to Odyssey Video and rent stuff, whether it was Gundam or Street Fighter or Trigun or Cowboy Bebop or what, you know, whatever we were getting into at the time, you know, before it was all on TV and everything. And, and so one of the things we had heard about was this, oh, you got to see this movie Perfect Blue. Like, you got to see this movie. Like, this is, you know, and, and, and we watched it and I was just kind of like, I mean, it's, I was kind of blown away by it. I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, people say like, oh, man, that's a great movie or a good movie. I, I think it's to me, it's like it's a good film, but it's 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 one of those films, I think, that goes to me, goes back to the whole I, I would have these discussions with people where I'm like, I think this is like a almost, you know, like not not quite as intense, but maybe. But I, I think it goes back to that whole you know, Logan, Grave of the Fireflies, Schindler's List, like, they're great movies, but I think, 
I I probably would only want to see them, you know, once or you know, once every twenty years or you know what I mean. Like like this is not the type of movie I think I would I would watch ad nauseum, you know, like because of the heavy subject matter and material. But yes, I did watch it like eighteen years ago. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so this was I guess this was my my second. Uh, rewatch of the film and everything, and you know it's it's exactly what I remember. I mean, it's 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 not a linear narrative. You know, Captain Cisco would be you know pulling the hair out that he doesn't have on his bald head because you know it, it is not linear. It can be argued that a human is ultimately the sum of his experiences. Experiences? What is this? Memories, events from my past, like this one. Past? Things that happened before now. You have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. What comes before now is no different than what is now, or what is to come. It is one's existence. Then for you, there is no linear time. Linear time. What is this? My species lives in one point in time, and once we move beyond that point, it becomes the past, the future. All that is still to come does not exist yet for us. Does not exist yet. That is the nature of linear existence. You know, like you know, you know, that we we do not exist here when you're watching that movie, basically, and 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 so you've got like all kinds of crazy stuff, and like you, you know, the other thing too is I I don't know if I'm I was trying not to cheat, and what I mean by that is I wasn't trying to go online and read a bunch of cockamamie theories or people's interpretations of it, so I knew what the the popular criticism and or um, interpretations were of this film, right? But, I mean, you know, some of the stuff that I noticed, at least, was like, and I don't know if you guys noticed this either, but you notice how the wackadoo motherfucking people in this movie, like, they all have really weird, I know we were just talking about this, but you know how, like, you know, like, Rob Liefeld, you know, like, draws things out of proportion sometimes, and people crack jokes about how, like, he doesn't bother to line up the eyes to sight where it's like, you know, you look at a picture of Jean Grey and she's got like, you know, one eyeball is, you know, like way up by her forehead and the other eyeball is way down by her cheek. But, you know, just because he drew the eye so perfectly, he didn't want to bother to change it or whatever. And like, I, I kind of feel like the the character designs in this are done purposely because anybody who is a... And, and and it's like it's like this this secret clue like that they're giving you way before the movie starts where it's like you look at them and something about them is just just a little off it's like their their eyes are it's like they're too far apart like like where your eyes are by your temples instead of where they're supposed to be in the eye sockets and and so you you know and I, of course i suppose if people haven't seen this movie go watch it like because we're probably going to spoil the fuck out of it, but you know, like that, it kind of gives you the clue that some of these people are not quite right in the head, at least, or at least that—that's something visually I noticed that was like a cue to sort of clue you in on on certain aspects of the movie, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, what about you, Justin? Like, when did you first encounter this movie? Uh, a buddy of mine actually, I think he went to the mall and he bought a bunch of like anime 
on VHS tape. And I remember like seeing ads for this and I just didn't pay much attention to it really. Like, I guess it was kind of outside of my wheelhouse. You know, I was like into like DBZ and stuff. So like other stuff that wasn't about like robots or big dumb idiots fighting. Like I just kind of like, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But then like I, I spent the night with him and he was like, dude, you gotta watch this perfect blue movie with me. It's awesome. I was like, well, uh, what's it about? And he was like, oh, it's about this uh, actress, and she thinks she's going crazy. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very interesting. And then I sat down and watched it, and I was like, holy cow. It's so much more than that. I'm, I'm kind of curious, Derek, like, and you maybe you can't answer this, but do you know if you watch this first or Serial Experiments Lane? Oh. Because I know how you feel oh, about it. Oh, was, it was definitely this first. Like, I don't, I don't even think okay. – I mean, because – I mean, I I could be wrong. I haven't checked the dates or anything on it. I I feel fairly confident in saying Serial Experiments Lane came out like way after this, or at least later than this. And 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 I'm pretty sure I saw this film like on the cusp of because because you know why th- this this gives me a good leeway to to talk about this personal connection with the film as well. And and it's not like I have an eidetic memory or anything like this, because I looked some of this stuff up, but my my vague memory of it was in two thousand, this is this is how I know I saw it in two thousand, because in two thousand Madonna had a tour. And and it's even mentioned on the Wikipedia. That's how I know what the hell the tour is called. Because I, I didn't know what the tour was called, right? But Madonna had a tour uh, called the Drown World Tour in 2001. When that tour happened, one of the specials aired on HBO, and I remember specifically because it was it was after I graduated from Loyola, so it was after 1999. I know I saw the movie around 2000, and I know this World Tour took place in 2001, and they had an HBO special on it. I went over to some friends and, you know, they were all, you know, either dancers, actresses, like whatever. That's, you know, the, the, those were the majors, the, the people that I, you know, went to school with and everything. So they, they had a lot of appreciation for this tour in general, right? They, they, they appreciated the singing. They appreciated the dancing. They appreciated the, the theatrical nature of the tour and everything like that. And so they all wanted to, you know, basically, I forget who had HBO, but we went over to somebody's house that had HBO and we went and watched this thing. And when the sequence comes up and and you'll know it if you see it but if you if you watch this you know the tour or whatever there's a sequence that comes up where madonna's dressed up like a geisha or something like that and then it goes into this dance sequence and madonna's little dancers come out and all this other stuff but in the background screen you see a bunch of anime and there's you know kind of like a fruit salad smattering of anime but eventually overwhelmingly the main clips that they show are from perfect blue and this is me in 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 a a party environment with pretty much predominantly women. So they all turn to me because they know I know about this shit, and they're like, "What the fuck is like? What are we? You know, what is she? What what are we watching exactly?" And so you sort of had to explain, like, you're like, "Well, see, that's you know, that's a." idol singer so and, and I, I was as i was explaining it it started making sense to me because i'm kind of like well yeah because madonna's a singer and she would probably identify with this film more than anybody on the planet would i you know what i mean like identify with it and like so i'm, I'm sort of explaining and, and discovering this at the same time and it was just it was i just remember it because it was a weird kind of distinct 
moment, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm sort of translating for people and everything like that. And then I guess the thing I was going to ask you, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch it because I did send you like some of the, the clips or whatever, but like there, there was other anime in it, but I don't know that I even really knew what some of the other stuff was. I mean, I figured some of it was hentai because she, she kind of edited a bunch of that stuff in there to like hit the point home. And I knew, I knew as much as it was probably from some kind of hentai or something like that, but I wasn't familiar with, with some of the other clips and the one I knew, cause I, I had seen the movie and this is why this kind of helps date it and timestamp it at a certain point where I had been familiar with the film is because I'm like, Oh, well, I mu- if it came out in the U S in 1999 and this tour came out in 2001 and the DVD came out in 2000, clearly I saw it sometime between 2000 and that, world tour in 2001 so that that's kind of how i sort of understood that but i guess what i was going to ask you is did you watch that at all did you recognize Mm -hmm. any of the other anime that was in that i thought i recognized md guys like really okay okay and then the the hentai i'm pretty sure is hirotsuki oh okay well that would make sense i i think you know don't tell anybody. I think I've seen that like once, but like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking remember any of it. I, well, I've I've not seen that film in twenty ish years. Yeah, that, that's and... why that's why I probably didn't recognize that stuff because I I've seen MD guys at some point too. But I guess I I guess you know it, it's kind of like with may, maybe Perfect Blue. I mean, maybe that's that's telling of what I feel about that movie. Like I haven't seen it in eighteen years, but it still stuck with me, and I remembered it even the year later. And then because of that moment, I. You know, I remembered it moving forward from there, but whereas maybe some of these other movies that I, you know, on a whim, you know, I saw like once and then never looked back, right? So, so they didn't stick with me as much as as uh, Perfect Blue, I guess. I, I was just gonna say, you said like how you originally, like when you were told what this movie was about, you were kind of like, oh man. And you know me, I'm kind of a Philistine when it comes to like anime and stuff, because I think I'm I was still in that mode. Like when you told me to watch that, where I was like, I was like, oh, wait, I I didn't make, you know, when I finally cleared up the confusion, I'm like, oh, good. This isn't that fucking boring submarine thing. (laughs) I was like, you know, I I looked up. a Oh, no. Yeah. I looked up a poster for this movie and I was like, this doesn't look like it has robots (laughs) in it. But yeah, this this is not something I would usually watch for anime. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, I'm kind of curious. Like, did you like this, Mike? Yeah, like you know, I enjoyed it. Like, it feels. I don't know. I kind of watch like anime to like you know mostly exclusively for like science fiction and fantasy like you know genres basically. But you know I have seen anime that is like sort of like this where it's like a psychological thriller and uh, what do you call? It? I liked it. Like and yeah, like I don't know what what were you gonna say? Like because I, I I could go into more specific things, but no, go ahead. I had a completely different train of thought. I was gonna go into. Yeah, like, no, that, I liked it. I think I, I also caught what Derek was saying about, I was like, oh, like, if the person looks weird, it means they're secretly, like, dicey, probably. Like, and like and not even secretly, but, like, I, I was kind of catching on to that as well, where I was like, all these creepy people, like, have weird eyes and shit. Like, and I was kind of, like, I think I, I caught on to what was really going on, like, fairly early, because I was like, 
oh, that woman has, like, eyes that are really far apart, too. And, like, she's the only one who's, like, in, like, she was the only, like, common factor mm. with all these incidents. So I was kind of catching on to all what was going on, like, really early on. But, like, it was still, you know, really, like, compelling. And, th- like, there's a point, like, there's that point, like, late in the movie, maybe at the hour mark, where it just keeps, like, fast-forwarding or mm-hmm. or... Or like, you know, she just keeps waking up in her bed. And I was like, that was the point where I was like, what is going on? <laughs> See, like that that was one of the things I had here. I was like, we're going to ask you guys, like, is there a point in the film where you kind of go, oh, OK, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I need to pay attention and figure this out. So like that was that point for you. Indubitably. Mm, OK. See, for me, that's the part in the film where I'm like. Okay, I don't know what's real, what's a dream, like what's imagined, because it just just keeps like jumping from one scene to another. And it's like it's intermixed with like her waking up, her doing the drama and the whole like fake blog or whatever. And you're just like, I I don't know what's real and what's a dream anymore. And you kind of like you kind of feel like. Mima does. You're just like I. I'm, what's going on? Like I don't even know. I mean, you know, I. I, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but I. I, I kind of, you know, th- that's clearly by design from not only like the filmmaker, but the mm-hmm. the perpetrator of her confusion. You know, like like uh-huh. it, it's all it, it's it's on purpose in the narrative, and it's on purpose in story as well. So you mm-hmm. you. I think you're you're supposed to. I think what's cool about this is you, even though you're not necessarily, you know, like like none of us anyway. I mean, Madonna accepted, right? None of us are fucking pop idols, right? So so there's there's a certain level of of disconnect one might have, right? Like you you don't exactly understand certain things of what that's like. But I felt like it, that this gives you a good into Mima. As far as like you care about her and mm-hmm. and you are concerned for her, but then when things go weird, like you you definitely want to figure it out, right? Like because because you, I think deep down you know like she's on the up and up, you know, like and and that, but something you know all this stuff around her is not. I mean, you know, and 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 then there's the the underlining themes of like. You know, to to me at least, this is this is where my brain goes. At any rate, is is you know the 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 industry itself, right? Like, I mean, there's there's aspects of this, you know, and 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 we've talked about this off air before and everything like that. But it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, if you if you find uh, a a a Japanese actress attractive, there's probably going to be some kind of graver idol thing and it might be you know like you know some kind of cutesy like you know she's running across the beach thing or whatever but for all you know i mean it in japan it's not it's it seems like it's it's not that far-fetched whereas you know most you know let's say like porn stars in say the u.s they don't necessarily jump to hollywood immediately with you know a few exceptions you know somebody like tracy lords or something like that right but most cases those are considered extremely separate worlds but and and even though in the context of this film you can see that different entertainment 
branches still look down on other entertainment branches. I mean, when this was made, you know, it's like I'm always fond of saying, it's like film looks down on TV, TV looks down on cartoons, cartoons looks down on fucking comics, comics probably looks down on, I don't know, comic strips, or comic strips look down on comics, whichever fucking order it's in, but all these guys think, oh, well, I'm better than that guy, right? And there was always these divisions and everything, and I think lately now, it's like, you know, TV is done in a film way, and and it's like they broke down a lot of these walls, at least, where people don't have this sort of, you know, snobby turn up their nose at, at that kind of, you know, the different types of entertainment that are produced, like nobody saying, oh, I'm better than you. I mean, there still might be some of that in the old school way of thinking, but I think a lot of it's been, you know, shattered and broken, but I think there was still a lot of that in in this film with the respect to she was part of this group champ, right? Like where she's a pop idol and she's singing, but it's not like, you know, it, it's, it's ironic because it's like, it's not quite like a Madonna level thing, you know, it's more like this kind of, I don't know, like Hanson thing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's not quite as big as you think it would be, you know, and, 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 and the fact that she's, she's trying to break out of that, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do the umbop thing anymore because I want to get into acting. And that's where she has convinced herself that she wants to go. But then there's all these sacrifices and compromises that a young woman like that has to make. So before you know it, she's she's t- doing nude photo shoots. She's doing a rape scene in this, you know, apparently critically acclaimed TV show and all this other stuff. And you, I guess to me, like th- this is where, where I was kind of trying to get to, but to me, it made me think of when, when all that Harvey Weinstein bullshit went down, like one of the things that I read was there was some kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe it was an op-ed piece or something like that where it was Salma Hayek, like, like telling her story of this and basically like explaining like point by point, like, I knew about this, but this is why I didn't come forward at the time. And it, it was interesting because you see a character like Mima go through those same permutations in her head. Like, like she knows that things are not right or that, that things are not how she would like them to be, but she goes through with the things anyway because she realizes like, oh, there's all these other people depending on me to do this. It's like she didn't want to do the rape scene, but she put on like a good front and a good face and like just said, oh, well, if I'm going to be this, if if I'm going to make the transition from just just plain old pop idol to to television, you know, uh, acclaimed actress, like I have to do this scene and, and not make a big stink about it. And so she does it, but then you have the sequence later where she like loses it in private, right? Like she, she, she really couldn't handle it, but she put on a good face in front of everybody else. And like, I, I kind of, I don't know, to me, I just dwelled on reading that article. And when Salma Hayek was basically like, I had all these people doing this movie, Frida, and 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 they were saying that nobody was going to do it, and you know if if there wasn't the backing and all this other stuff, and 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 if I made a big stink about you know Weinstein, then all these other people would lose their jobs, and they've been working on this for the last ten months, and you know so it's like there was all this pressure, and it seemed like it's the same scenario with this fictional character where she's kind of 
she has all these expectations thrust upon her. And then you throw in like this weird psychological aspect where like even, even the film poster, like, I mean, it, it kind of tries to, the, you know, the film poster has the Larry pitch for people. Like when you try to explain it to them, right? Because the, the original film poster says, or at least the English film poster, you know, it's got the quote from Roger Corman and it says a startling and powerful film. If Alfred Hitchcock partnered with Walt Disney, they'd make a picture like this. And I mean, essentially what he's trying to say is this is high quality animation, but with Alfred Hitchcock level suspense. And like, that's, that's a pretty good elevator pitch and it's a fair assessment of the film and, 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 you know, what most people would take away from it because you've got, you know, it's, it's like, you know, seeing something on the level of you, you fall in love with a character like say Ariel in the little mermaid or Belle in beauty and the beast, right? You've got Mima there, right? But then you've got this kind of twisted, you know, Marnie type Alfred Hitchcock, you know, psycho, you know, whatever you want to point to thing going on where there's all these kind of twisted, aspects of people who are clearly not right in the head and they kind of all sort of converge in this movie something i always thought was interesting about japan was like over here there's no way tracy lords could ever guest star on like power rangers or bully meets world or something but like in japan like that seems to be pretty common because you've got you know adult actresses who have been in like Tokusatsu, like Zonette and Car Ranger or Kelegeshia in um, Go Wander. Like, that seems to be pretty, pretty common, but like, that, there's no way that could ever happen over here. Like, people would be like up in arms and lose their shit over that. And I always thought that was uh, interesting, like, how the the uh, industry is different from one country to the other. And then, and then there, there is that interesting aspect too of, uh, again, like talking about the barriers in between. Cause I, I remember, like, I remember being in LA when there would be auditions for Power Rangers shows. Like mm. I remember going to things like that or other people I knew going to things like that and people telling them, don't take this. Like this is going to like, basically like, like even if they got the role, people telling other people, don't take this role. This will kill your career. Like if you want to be a quote unquote serious actor, like, don't get involved in this shit, you know? And, and, and that's what's funny is, is now you look at it and these guys are going to all these cons and they're, you know, people mm-hmm. love them and all this other stuff. And, 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 you know, some people essentially, like, metaphorically, you know, gave those people that said shit like that the bird, like Amy Jo Johnson, right? Like, she, she, she sings, she's in, she was in fucking Felicity and all these other movies, and, and, and that, you know, that didn't kill her, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, to me, it's like, I have a lot of sort of mixed feelings about all that, but I do remember the dynamic of that. I do remember the, the auspices of, of, how that was looked down upon and 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 what you're saying is interesting too because you're 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 showing how somebody who makes you know i i for lack of a better term you know uh, somebody who's a grover idol or whatever you know it's like okay they they run around in bikinis and you know guys think they're pretty and they blush or they get nosebleeds like pervy sage or whatever right <laughs> and and then they make this jump to like okay well now i'm going to be a pretty girl on you know uh common rider or sentai or whatever but then 
what I would do is let's go one step further because re- remember we've got like uh, your uh, you'll have to remind me of the actor's name or whatever but we've got your boy from Deno who made the leap to like feature films and was mm-hmm. in Roroni Kenshin and I'm sure he's he's famous for stuff that's a lot quote unquote better than that right like stuff that's more critically acclaimed than any of those things and 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 that notion of oh was he gonna come back like is he too good for that now and that aspect of like it's the same aspect with shit like johnny depp where it was like johnny depp was started in nightmare and elm street but horror films were looked down upon right like they weren't as good Mm -hmm. as quote unquote serious films right and so you had that notion of uh you know a guy like wes craven's like too embarrassed to ask johnny depp to come back to New Nightmare, even though New Nightmare was a good movie, right? But he's too mm-hmm. he's yeah. too embarrassed. And the funny part to me is is you, you know the movie before Rachel Talloway is like, would you come back and do this like your brain is on drugs thing? And John Depp was like, yeah, what the fuck, I'll do the your brain is on drugs thing. And like that's I don't know, like to me, like that's that's part of that where it's like the barriers were slowly breaking. But in the context of like the the Japanese culture, I'm sure there's still aspects that were around in that time and aspects still exist in, in this time. But, but it's interesting what, what kind of doors are virtually unlocked too, because, you know, I guess maybe you could argue, you know, uh, maybe here, you know, there's, there's a certain, uh, I don't know, prudishness about sexuality, right? So people are freaked out. Like you can't have, you know, you can't to to me, I mean, maybe, maybe this is just, you know, exposing myself, but I'm always kind of like, I never really got the idea of Hooters. I'm like, either I wanted to look at, you know, a pretty girl or I wanted to eat chicken wings, but I never wanted to do both at the same time. But I guess maybe in Japan, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, you know what? You can look at a pretty girl and they can be on children's programming. Like, that's fine. Like, you know, the whole Doctor Who thing, you know, something for the fathers or whatever, right? Like, so you could have that. But then, you know, I think this movie deals with all that and and kind of puts it out on the table and and deals with anything that's unsavory and uncomfortable about it because you've got like like one of the things I noticed that that's kind of funny is like I guess now because it's like you can I don't know you can see things from a different perspective because I feel like you know now I'm living in 2019 right and I've got all these 2019 uh, thoughts and 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 moral edicts that are brandied about or placed in your head or you know in the back of your brain or whatever and so i'm i'm watching like the opening sequence where cham is 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 singing to to their last concert or whatever before she announces oh i'm strictly going to go into you know acting i'm just going to be an actress and if you pan across the 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 sea of people that are there to see them there's not one woman there to see them like they are not designed to be like idolized by women. Like they're designed to be idolized by all these goofball fucking swarmy dudes, right? Like I mean that's that that's that's and, and it's like one of those things where like you're looking at it and it's just like this this weird kind of notion of, you know, it's like it's this I don't know, this prepackaged thing, you know, and, and they're 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 selling it right, and then and then it kind of all erupts and goes to shit when she's trying to announce that she's not going to do that anymore. And then you know anyway, but y- y- you had a thought you too. Know, so 
You know, that's something I wasn't aware of the first time I watched this film was the whole like idol scene in Japan. Like, you know, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, she's a singer and now she's going to be an actress. Mm. And you can equate that with whatever you have over here in the States. But like having watched a lot more entertainment from Japan, you kind of get the idea that like like being an idol is, a, I guess, kind of a big deal over yeah. there where there's like this whole industry built around it and you have to like cultivate like all these guys, you know, you're talking about like, there's no women in the audience. Like, you know, that's, you know, guys are like their big appeal. Yeah. And there's like, there's so many like idol groups, like in Japan, like even uh, like you run into something on YouTube and you're like, okay, there's like some five uh, girl idols uh, group or something. And then you're like, wait, there's like, it just keeps – it's like a rabbit hole, man. You're just like – it just keeps going and well, going. See, You're that, just like, man, this is so huge over there. That, that's the thing where the barriers seem to break down because, to me, what that makes me think of is stuff like the, – the closest thing I can think of, and I'm sure it's going to be different for different people of different generations, but to me, it makes me think of Cindy Crawford. Like, mm. like when I was, like, you know, in my teens, like, and watched MTV on a regular basis – I shit you not, I was fucking in love with Cindy Crawford. I was going to grow <laughs> up, I was going to marry Cindy Crawford. Like, you asked me who I shipped, I shipped me and fucking Cindy Crawford, right? <laughs> like, like I, 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 I was totally, like, head over heels for Cindy Crawford. And, and she was a cottage industry, but did she really do anything? Like, not, I mean, not really, right? Like, they tried to make her an actress, and that... Mm-hmm. failed horribly and 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 i don't know if she tried to sing or whatever the hell i mean she sung tiny bubbles with dennis leary on some stupid special but i don't think that you know what i mean like so it's like it's like there there yeah. were things right like there there were things that you know but mainly like she was hosting stuff and and what she was mainly famous for was she was a model and i think i i think that's the kind of disconnect that like you know there, there's a difference between being a model and being an actress especially back in that era and i think in in this context like the japanese context it's it's this weird amalgamation of things and and each is like a springboard to the next thing and i i mean i guess in some ways that's true of of cindy crawford right but like the, i i think it seems like that happens at least from my perspective like like you're saying in watching more japanese entertainment that that seems to be a regular career path rather than the odd man out. Whereas, you know, you know, as opposed to say, you know, Meryl Streep, like, okay, she, she, you know, was doing auditions. She went to audition for King Kong. You know, some dude told her she was too ugly to be in King Kong. And then she won a fucking Oscar and there's all this stuff. Right. Like, but she was, it's not like, I don't know. To me, it's not like she was ever like, Oh, well, Meryl Streep was going to be, you know, a barmaid and sing a bunch of songs. And then she was going to do a nudie shoot and playboy. And then she was going to, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, do like the home shopping network or whatever. And then she became an Oscar winning actress. It's like, it just doesn't, I don't know. Like there is that disconnect with, with stuff like that where you're like, it doesn't normally work that way over here. And since you have this added perspective, you, you start to sort of, I maybe understand a lot of the cultural, minutia like how it's this cottage industry it's like they're 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 i imagine like now like if this was done today it'd be a bunch of like 
Instagram influencers, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, you know, like, 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 or, 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 or cam models or, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, like, wh- like whatever, whatever it is that, that people can get like this online fan base. And th- that was another aspect of this film that I found so quaint and cute was like, this is like, on the cusp of the World Wide Web becoming like yeah. a thing, so there's that moment where, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Rima, Rika? I can't, I can't. Rima. 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 Rima sets up like uh, uh, her her computer online, you know, and plugs in the credit card and everything. And and I felt like, you know, I, I you'd imagine like, oh, well, nobody can be as uh, stupid about it as as Mima. But I'm like, I'm sitting there watching it, going, oh, I answer questions like this every day. Like, what's a web browser? What do you mean URL? You know, and it's just like one of these things where it's like, you know, she's explaining to her how to get online and stuff like that. And and I kind of found that like quaint and cute. And the other thing I found kind of not exactly quaint or cute but the 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 thing i found kind of uh i don't know ironic is it's like when she's she's in the the chat room and and reading all this information and it's information that clearly should be private and personal but it's posted online and and i kind of was like chuckling to myself like i'm like just you wait mima like we're all gonna do this for fucking free pretty soon (laughs) like you're you're shocked by it like how did they know this personal stuff and why is it posted all over the world wide web and i'm like dude don't like wait wait flash forward 18 years we're just gonna be giving this shit away for fucking free but i don't know that kind of cracked me up so going off some of the stuff you said, like you're talking about Cindy Crawford, like what came to my mind, and this is also like kind of like late '90s stuff, but like I remember when Jennifer Love Hewitt put out a oh album, yeah and yeah what like one of my friends from high school like he ran out and bought that and I was like I just remember thinking like like girl you're an actress like what are you what are you doing like mm. making music like you should be like uh, you know on movies or in TV and stuff. But I, I just kind of remember like, kind of like making fun of my buddy. He was like, well, she's hot. Like, I like your music. And I was like, do you really? He's like, eh, it's okay. Um, but yeah, kind of like you, like this movie kind of gave me like nostalgia for the late nineties because like the whole like notion of like explaining the internet to someone. And like when, uh, when she starts it up, it's like Netscape navigator. And I was like, Oh, I remember Netscape navigator. I, and then I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like Mima has like, a PlayStation in like, her apartment. <laughs> I was like, oh, even more nostalgia. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta, they gotta advertise all their goodies in the middle of this psychological horror thriller. Basically, <laughs> they have apples and Playstations and all kinds of stuff in that. So something I want to talk about is the chase sequence at the end. Like, I think it's probably like one of the best animated sequences in the film and i love it's it's so weird and dreamlike because like mima's being chased and she's like running for her life like she's panting like she's struggling but her friend like you see her mostly as like you know the the idol mima like the only time you see her friend is like in the reflections of store windows. Like you can see, like she's like she's like she's lost it. Like you can see in her eyes, like she's gone and she's just furiously running. But like what you see in the sequence is like the idle version of her is just like hopping and skipping and bouncing around and just gliding. And it's so it's so weird and dreamlike. It's such a contrast between like 
Mima's like frantic run for her life. And it's like, what is she running from? She's running from someone who's like just kind of gliding around. And I just, I know that whole sequence, it's just so visually interesting to watch because I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that in like a, an anime before. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're, that's something where the, the reason why it feels strange is because you're given a firsthand visualization of how a mentally unhealthy individual views themselves and you only get snippets of the ugly truth, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like that, that notion of, you know, what you were explaining, like that, that from her perspective, she's identical in every way to this pop idol she idolizes or even better than the pop idol she idolizes and and she's just like hopping and skipping along with a murder knife whereas when you when you see the reflection it's this 200 pound overweight crazed like sweating like fucking Jabba doing the 5k like <laughs> after this this poor chick and you're just like holy crap like this is so like I mean you know I, I always say it but I'm gonna say it fucking Betty Cooper level fucking crazy man <laughs> like I mean seriously um, like this is this is full on and 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 you know the the moment to me where everything kind of solidifies of how crazy it is is when when she nails the screenwriter like that moment in the when when the elevator opens up and you see he's straight up you know Rutger Howard with the the eyes are fucking sockets are blown away and there's all this blood and everything and just you're like and at that that point you think you know or at least by design you're 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 led to believe the red herring that it's this stalker guy right like you mm -hmm. you think it's that guy you know the guy that's that's kind of obsessed with her and everything and, and also has the the creepy eyes and the the fucked up hairdo and all that other shit and you're thinking oh man like this guy's really nuts and he you know he, he's he's so obsessed and infatuated with this woman that he's willing to go through you know all these insane lengths you know to I don't know, preserve his idolized image, you know, that he's suspended on a pedestal that doesn't really exist, you know? And, and, mm -hmm. and so, and, and, and that's why you're like sitting there going, holy crap. And then, it, it, you know, that's the part that like, you know, it's a, it's a great, great fucking twist. Cause, cause you, you, you do think it's this other guy. And then, and then, you know, when, when, when it all comes down to it, you realize, well, there's no way he could have known all the, like he couldn't have been there for all this stuff. And, and there's so much of it where it's like, is she so stressed out? You know, like I, I brought up like new nightmare, but new nightmare has that aspect where the, the real, you know, the, the real Heather Langenkamp's being stalked within this meta, you know, Freddy context and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And th there's that aspect to it where she's getting the weird phone calls and they send these weird letters that explode and, and all this other kind of crap. And, and so she's clearly, I mean, this is a serious thing. And it also shows how, like, they all try to downplay it, you know? Like, they all try to be like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. And, like, and like what's funny about that is then when you look back, you're like, oh, well, no wonder she thinks it's no big deal because she is the culprit right like she's the one doing all this shit 
you know, like, so it's like, of course she would, she would sort of sweep that under the rug to keep the attention away from her and everything. And it's, it's, I don't know, like the, the, the other thing that this made me think of was, and, and this is something that I probably do have some experience with, but the, that aspect of, of her trying to be an actress and doing things that she did not want to do or, or, you know, basically, I mean, you know, probably horrible language, but I'm, I'm, I'm applying it to myself too, as a male. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to say it as like just a, a female thing, but to me, I'm like, she took one for the team essentially, right? Like she, 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 she put up with the quote unquote rape scene to elevate her career, even though that was something that was later we find out was, was horribly uncomfortable for her. You know what I mean? And, and so you like, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, well, there are, I mean, th- that's not uncommon, right? Like there are plays and films and things where they have people, you know, you, you have to, you know, as realistically as you can represent something that's disgusting and horrible, right? And then what happens when you're the person that is the disgusting and horrible mm-hmm. person, right? Like, and what's the impact on you, right? Like, or, or what's the impact on, you know, Mima, right? Like, the, the, there, there is a cost to doing something like that. And, like, sometimes I, I, I think, at least in my experience, there were, thing, there were moments I had where I realized I probably would have been willing to compromise myself too much for my art. And, and I think, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's just, you know, me going into it too much, but, but there, there is that aspect with, with this, even, even if you wipe away all of the psychological thriller, uh, horror drama to it, just, just that psychological aspect of it, the fact that, like, you put yourself in a position where you're willing to compromise yourself for your art because the art, again, kind of talking about the levels of, of hierarchy, right? Like the film is better than TV, TV is better than comics and so on and so forth. There is that weird hierarchy where it, the, the art of it or the career of it, or, you know, whatever it is that you place on the top of that pedestal, like that becomes the pinnacle or the, 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 the only thing that you end up caring about, whereas you end up like, 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 can, can somebody like that have a real relationship, right? Like you and I just, and we've talked about this where the, the, you know, we we know there's rules, right? Like the, the, even, even if these idol girls in Japan, like even if they have a really for reals boyfriend that they love and want to eventually marry or something like that, they can't tell anybody about it. They can't post that on social media because that, that fucks up, the career aspect they have to be of made, it, right? Like they, they, they have to like seem available, right? To, to 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 all these guys that are just doling out money for the tickets or the magazines or the videos mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? So they can't they can't say like, oh yeah, I'm not single, you know what I mean? And so so there's that cost to it, right? And 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 that has to take a toll, right? Like you can't tell me that that doesn't take a toll on on people that have relationships like that. I mean, eventually it's got to be to the point where if, if the art takes priority over the person, the person probably, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure in some cases has to find somebody else, right? Cause, cause that eventually probably becomes unacceptable. So there, there's all those like aspects to it. And then you throw in, you know, the, 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 the twisted aspects to it where you have somebody who is, you know, these people who are clearly insane, 
right? Like their obsession is is maddening. And 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 then you know the way the film is shot is you know like like what you're saying. It's it's something that they increasingly make it difficult to follow because I think they're trying to impart onto the viewer the level of madness that is encroaching upon the protagonist, you know? And so you, you're, you're sort of experiencing that as much firsthand as, as you possibly can within the context of, of a film. And, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think all that stuff is, is pretty well done. And I guess, you know, the fact that it's, something that is thought provoking. I mean, it makes me think about that kind of stuff. And, and I, I think that's the point of it, right? Like to a degree to, to have you question and analyze and consider these things because, you know, the, the people that are either giving you the entertainment or, or creating the entertainment, like there's, there's things that they sacrifice in order to do that. So, I mean, and, 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 you know, obviously this is, this is very heightened, you know, like this is, this is not, Hopefully, this is not true of, of every scenario, right? Like, there's there's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, a crazy manager that dresses up as somebody and all that other stuff. So, but you know, th- there is there is always going to be a kind of give and take or, or consequences to the hierarchy of prioritizing, you know, the the career or the art over all the other priorities, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's like, it's, you know, you you have to have the basic tenants fulfilled, you know, security and and safety and all that kind of stuff. But then beyond that, then, then you start thinking of, you know, career and family and and all those other things. But it's like, you know, and in that, in this sense, it's like, you know, not, none of those things are really, you know, an aspect other than the career. And I, I, I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm I'm curious now, I'm just going to throw this out there because it's, it's on my mind, but like, what do you guys think of the ending? Like the fact that, that, that she's, you know, to, to me, at least I, I, you know, I guess I took it as, you know, I'm, I'm the real me. Right. But, but it also seemed to be an acknowledgement of she's going to keep doing this. Right. Like, like despite everything that happened, like you'd think somebody who had been through everything like that, you know, might, take some pause or might retire or might go off and do something else for the rest of their lives. But it seems like since she suffered this much, she, she might as well keep going forward, I guess is, is her attitude about it. And, and, and she seems fairly uh, content with, with her choices, you know, like, like, I mean, and, and she does seem like a, to me at least, like a, a really good person. Cause I don't know that I would be willing to jump in front of a moving truck and save a person who would just stab me repeatedly. Like, well, so that, that's something I wanted to get into. Like I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you were talking about like how you, this is not something that you would want to rewatch over and over. Like, I think this is the third time I've seen this movie. So I kind of agree with you on that. And during that chase sequence, I was sitting there and I was, I suddenly realized I don't remember how this ends. And then when she jumped in front of the truck to save her after everything she went through because of her friend, I was just like, I don't think I would have did that. Yeah. And then the the very ending where she's outside, like when when she kind of like took her sunglasses down, like for I thought she looked more mature mm. than she did in the beginning of the film. Maybe that's just my my own uh head thoughts or something but like i i i kind of got the notion okay 
several months have passed at least and yeah she's she's content she's i guess she's put all this behind her as best she can and she's going to continue to uh per- to pursue acting because those nurses outside they're like yeah. was that mima and they're like no what would she be doing here so she's clearly she's uh clearly still on the you know the mouths of people the general public but yeah i kind of got the feeling that she was definitely going to pursue acting like i mean she's been through all this so it's kind of like okay well i guess it can't get much worse but i i don't know i just kind of got this feeling that she looked more mature maybe that's i don't know if that was intentional on the filmmakers or not yeah i i i mean i i think i i think also maybe what you see besides maturity is maybe she seemed to have a level of of confidence and and acceptance of of who she is and what her situation was because i guess there's a lot of power to be had from that you know like not because i think see that's the aspect of it that that always you know was frustrating about you know wanting to be an, an actor right like like because a lot of the times you i mean unless you're fucking tom cruise or some shit like you don't have a whole lot of control over what you're doing. People are telling you, "Oh, you're going to sell this cat food, or you're going to you're going to sing this song, or you're going to you're going to you know do a nudie shoot, or you're going to do a you know a rape scene." You know, it's like it's not like you have a whole lot of fucking choice. Like if 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 you're hungry and and you need to earn your bones, right? But I I think part of this is like like and and this might be a little more egocentric as far as as uh you know the the celebrity community is concerned but there there is that aspect of she's been through all this stuff and if all that stuff that she's been through in this movie is a metaphor like for the cutthroat nature of the business then it seems like she's earned her bones right like she's she's gone through all the cutthroat stuff and now she's in a position where she can dictate some of her own rules and agenda and say, oh, I want to do this TV show. I don't want to do this TV show. You know, it, it, it's that, that goal to get to the point in your career where you can say no to shit. Like, that's that's the goal, right? Like, that you've got so many offers coming in, and you can pick and choose from what what actually fulfills you as a person, right? Like, what what potentially... Uh, you know, makes your heart sing, you know, things that, that you actually, you know, feel strongly about as opposed to being the day player extra who has to play a rapist in a strip club and then has to say sorry to the person he's mounting, right? Like, like that's not Tom Cruise, right? That's just some schmo who wants to be part of the industry but has no power or say. Like, he has no say over that, right? Like, he can't not be that guy it's like that's what he was cast as and most times in in those cases those guys are going to be cast like that for the rest of their fucking career like they're just going to be the heavy or the 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 creepy guy or whatever even though probably in real life they're a nice guy and they've got wives and kids it's like i remember about the the dude in blade like uh i I was laughing because i think there was some some something i was listening to or maybe it was me and my friends who were talking about it or something but we're talking about udo kier or whatever you know and it's like Mm, he he always plays a nasty son of a bitch in every fucking movie (laughs) he's in but in real life 
he's probably like the sweetest fucking guy. He's got wives and kids. You know, uh, <laughs> he, he's a super nice guy. Everybody thinks he's the, the greatest. But when it comes time to, to bring home the paycheck, he's got to be that swarmy, creepy guy who, who you know, everybody thinks is a, a pedo rapist, you know, whatever the fuck he plays. Right. And so now he, that's his face. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's it, anyway, it, it's just these are the things that kind of come to mind when I, I think of stuff like this. What about you, Mike? Any thoughts on the, the ending of the film? Like like you said, like not only does she shove, you know, her friend out of the way, but she's also like checking up on her and like the mental institution or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I was kind of like, well, you're a better person than I am. Like, you know, you went you you went the, yeah, the extra yeah. step already by just saving her life. And now you're also like making sure she's like, you know, OK, like, you know, months on like down the line. Like, OK, well, I guess uh, like I was like, you're a much better person than I am. <laughs> And bringing her flowers, too. Yeah, yep. But yeah, you know, I think Derek covered most of it. I mean, I had some of the same thoughts. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of a look into the industry. And even though it's probably different in Japan, like, I think most of the general, like, the broad strokes are probably the same, like, over here, too. So, I, I mean, I, th- I thought this was interesting. Like, I, like I said, it's not really in my wheelhouse. Like it's not a film I would like seek out on my own, but like, I, I definitely, like you said about it being a mix of like Walt Disney and Alfred Hitchcock. Like I can see that. Like, I, I feel like it's a, it, it's almost like a twilight zone episode, like stretched into a movie yeah, almost. Yeah. Like, hmm. yeah. Like, so I appreciate it on that level. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, another good elevator pitch for this movie, you know, Twilight Zone meets, meets anime type thing. Like, I mean, it definitely, I mean, and, and again, like, I know we didn't really talk about this too much because it's the movie, you know, obviously has plenty to talk about without us going into our regular pitch. But I mean, this was, this was kind of, you know, Oh, perfect blue, blue cupcakes. This shit is weird, you know, like, and definitely (laughs) it, it, it fulfills that, you know, it fulfills that model, you know, as far as, as what, what we're trying to accomplish with our overall theme. And, and I mean, the the only thing I'd say is, I I don't know that it's, it, it might, go a little outside of the mold in the sense that, you know, I, I don't know that this is necessarily weird for the sake of being weird. Like, I mean, it is weird. It is, it is kind of disturbing and freaky, but I, I, I feel like there's a method to the madness here. I, I, I guess if I was going to say anything else about this is just to, to sort of acknowledge that I understand there's a, a, uh, you know, this is based on a novel. And then, and then I did watch, uh, you know, I'll just tease that I did watch the live action, uh, film of this that came out in 2002, which is very different, but I, I, I've heard it's really boring and dull. You know, you know, you know, what's weird is maybe I infused too much of my excitement for talking about (laughs) this with you into the film, because I feel like. I see people's points when they say it's boring, but I think I somehow, I don't know, like I think I created some sense of anticipation to it because I was, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, and you know, what's funny is there was another shoe, but it wasn't another shoe that I was expecting. So I'll just, (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 
I, I kind of don't want to say anything more about it. Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, you know, may, maybe one of these days we could talk about that later or something. But I, I think it is it is very uh, the, the boring is not unfounded. Like they're, 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 the pacing is is extremely glacial. Like uh, so you but I, I think I thought it was going to be like, a, I don't know, it seemed to go back and forth between like a slice of life drama and then you started wondering if it was going to be the slice of life, like sort of wackadoo serial killer thing or something. And it's like, it was like neither of those things. Like, and, and then, and then I don't know anyway, but, but I, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that I'm aware of, you know, the novel. And then I don't know if, if the novel is anything like the live action movie, it's vastly different. And as far as I know, like this anime doesn't, take too much from the source material and i don't think the film takes too much from the source material either so i i don't really know what the source material is necessarily about i don't know if it's twisted or whatever but you know that i guess that we'd have to read for ourselves well i guess that wraps up this episode of fan halls big in japan and derek if you would do your usual spiel please yeah if you uh if you want to uh, idolize us with weird, crazy cross eyes and, and, and glide around and hop after us, uh, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If, if you're like, how do we know all this weird, crazy stuff about the fanholes? It's probably because uh, you've been streaming us over on Stitcher Radio or Apple Podcasts or google play or spotify and uh we've got a bunch of backlog of episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com so if you enjoy big in japan consider checking out all of our other spin-off shows and you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com so if you have any comments questions and or concerns you can reach us there and this is justin signing off this is derek derek wc signing off Hey, it's Mike signing off.
I'm gonna I'm gonna start a web uh, site uh, and write a fanfic about Derek Chan. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I, I'm still sad. Like there there will be no Blue Sub Six episode, <laughs> and there probably probably that, never will that, be that, a that, serial experiments lane episode that, either. That, that's what's gonna be on the. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what's gonna be on the uh, the. Uh, Freaking uh, GeoCities uh, uh, stalker page that Mike makes. It's going to be clips of me going, No Blue Sub 6! For you! Derek Chan would never watch Blue Sub 6. He's not like that. <laughs> He's and not I'm like that. I'll find out He's... you are watching it, and he... I'm like, That's not the real That's Derek. not the real Derek Chan. He's a good girl. He, he doesn't like uh, Blue <laughs> Blue Sub 6. And then Tony shows up and he's wearing like your Autobot, you know, jacket and everything. And he's like, I'm the real dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 